Hey guys, I know it's been a while since I posted one of these, but you know, life happens. Uh, joining me this week is uh, LeBlanc head coach Chuck Davis. Uh, had a good talk with him, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Coach Davis, thanks for joining me. How you doing? For having me. Not too bad. How are you? Doing well. You have a good Thanksgiving? We did. It was very low-key. We stayed at home and ate a little bit of turkey and watched some non-Chiefs football. So, yeah. it's kind of a chill day. How about yourself? About the same. Uh, it was a little weird, to be honest. Um, you know, it's been – you know, it was fine. I enjoyed it, but it was a little weird not having, you know, some extended family around. So. Yeah, it's, it's weird seeing your face without a mask on, like talking to a human that's not in my bubble unmasked. I feel feels naughty. Yeah, yeah. Well, you go, uh, you go out enough, you'll see enough people without masks. That's still. That's St. <laughs> Joe for you. <laughs> yeah, so, but. I don't know. You only do what you can do. So. That's right. Uh, See, so a turkey. See, turkey. I, I took this as an opportunity to stay away from turkey. I don't know if I don't. You know, my family. You know, they have some good cooks, but the turkey to me always seems dry. And so, you know, you either have to douse it with gravy or something like that for me to really enjoy it. So I had ribeyes, <laughs> in which you can never go wrong with those. You had ribeyes. Yeah. Man, there is no turkey ribeye. <laughs> no, there's not. No, there's not. And some that's green not, casserole, which... That's, that's always good. I had that, too. Yeah, and every every year I'm like, why don't I eat this more often? It's like I have to wait for Christmas or Thanksgiving, and then... It's so much better than just green beans, plain. Yeah. yeah. Which I also don't eat too often, so... <laughs> well, I've been with... Uh, my wife for eight years, I mean, nine years now. Don't get that wrong. Well, you know, we've only been married for a year now. So, uh, but <laughs> there's still things that I managed to forget, like, uh, or don't remember. Like I made this double batch of green bean casserole and I'm the only one that ate it, which is also fine because there's more leftovers for me. I was hoping it wasn't one sitting. <laughs> You know, I've done that before, um, and it could be why uh, I am as heavy as I am now. <laughs> well, what's funny is, because I think you and I are the same age, uh, when we were teenagers, I uh, couldn't gain weight to save my life. Um, yep. And uh, so I continue to eat as though I'm 16, 17. And... Yeah, I have struggled with my wife all the time. I got to quit eating, like. Like a 15-year-old. I don't – and, like, I always ask her. I'm like – because she gives me shit about it, too. And I'm like, well, how – I'm still hungry. And she's like, well, you're not supposed to eat until you're full. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. The meal's not over when you're just satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. So, at, at some point, I got to figure it out. But eh, – There's always time. Uh. You know, I, I don't talk a ton of uh, eight-man football on these just because I there tends to be other other ways to get that information. But uh, I do want to ask how your first year went, uh, especially the year, you know, 
that it's been. Yeah, it was definitely a strange year to take over as a first-year head coach. But I had really good help around me. Um, you know, obviously, Coach Dudick was there, and he's a name that some people might recognize. Uh, he – anything that was behind the scenes, who to talk to, who to call, uh, how to do things on Misha's website, all of the behind-the-scenes stuff – paperwork wise there's nobody that knows that better than him so there was really no stress or anxiety about how am I going to get things accomplished not football related and then you know I obviously had him to help with the X's and O's and and uh Chuck Walker that spent a little time at North Andrew coached eight man in the in the Marines with some studs uh, brought his military style to the to the sideline for me. So, and then I also had uh, a guy named Sam Williams that played baseball and football at Missouri Western come out and help. He helps with baseball and football now at LeBlanc. And then the head baseball coach is kind of a kind of a utility guy for me. He just does a little bit of everything. And the kids really he's younger than I am, and so the kids really like him and relate well to him. And I'm not always the easiest to get along with. So it was good to have him there to kind of put his arm around him and say, hey, listen to what he says, not how he's saying it. So I think we we all meshed really well and started to hit it on all cylinders late. And uh, the ending just wasn't exactly how you'd want it to go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I kind of ask you about Dudik, because um, I don't think you have to go to Central uh, – or even LeBlanc to know who he is. You know, you live in the city long enough, uh, you know who Coach Dudick is. Do you have any good stories for me? Oh. I, I am a big fan of his. Uh, I, I always enjoy talking to him. Uh, so there's got to be some story. He – I started my first year helping. I volunteered. And I just charted plays on Friday nights for him. Didn't go to any practices, really. Just kind of was a Friday night only guy. And I, I legitimately just fell in love with his style to where I, I had to just be a big, play a bigger role. So the next year he hired me on as a full-time coach. And so the stories that he tells from coaching for 40, this was his 43rd year in coaching, I think he spent 42 as a head coach. He's just met everyone and knows everyone from eight man to, you know, class six football. No, there is nobody who does not know Coach Dudek. It is, I mean, it's crazy to, like, he's a celebrity, obviously. And so when I called him the first time, he said, you know, his grandson's our quarterback. And he said, this is, uh, somewhat of a conflict of interest for me. He said, I, I obviously am going to come help you. I would love to, but I'm only, I can only be there three days a week. So I'm just going to volunteer my time. He said, you know, if you have Saturday practices, which we did, I'll never make a Saturday. I'm just going to be there three days a week. And, you know, I don't want there to be any confusion with these kids. This is your show. You're running it. I'm just going to do what you need me to do. And he missed one Saturday the whole season and was there every other day. He missed – 
And the one he missed, he felt so bad because he had to watch his younger grandchildren. And he said, I can, you know, I can bring him if you want me to. I said, dude, you, I didn't, you weren't even supposed to be here in the first, <laughs> in the first place. So he went from three days a week to six days a week. I have a feeling that's where that story was headed. Uh, oh, yeah. I got a funny one. So I have a friend. He went to Central, and I think uh, it's his freshman year. And uh, it was weight gym or weight training. I don't know. One of those two. And Dudek was the one coaching it. So this would have been, shit, 16, 17 years ago? However old, old we are. That's uh, a long time. Yeah. But it's Coach Dudek, so he still was uh, seasoned, we'll say. He right. Was, and they walked in there, and Coach Dudek was over there curling like 80-pound dumbbells. <laughs> and my friend's like, in that moment, I'm like, I'll never be that kind of man. <laughs> yeah. Well, so a, a, good, a funny little anecdote about him this summer. Uh, before practice started, we were all in the field, and the kids kind of started trickling down. And one of the kids made a comment about growing a garden. And uh, they asked me if I had a garden. I said, well, I, I got like a salsa garden, tomatoes and jalapenos and cilantro and stuff. No, nothing crazy. And they said, what about you, Coach Judy? You had a garden? And he stopped and looked around and said, well, son, I didn't grow a garden this year, but I should have. I should have grown a badass garden. Because I'm looking around here, and we don't have any badasses. So I should have brought some from home. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He's got he's the one liner king, man. He's he's something else. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what was that like for you? I'm sure we talked about this, you know, this summer. Um, but what was that like for you? Uh, you know, to go to LeBlanc and to be able to come back there and coach. It, I, it was I don't know, it's weird. It's like stuff of small town storybooks because my freshman year was the first year that stadium was built. And so I remember like the christening of the stadium, looking around, and back then you could have fans in it, but you just it, it was almost all inspiring because we used to have to play at Central. So like mm, yeah. we had to, I don't know, it was probably an athletic director nightmare working out home and away schedules where we could both use that field, but we didn't have a field. And so I remember my freshman year in PE, we would take days where we'd take wheelbarrows and trash, but like big trash barrels mm. and go down on the new practice field and pick up bricks and empty beer bottles. Cause it was woods that they cleared out. And so it was like just trash everywhere and rocks and, nails and stuff like that well you guys are gonna be getting tackled on this later today so do a good job but to be able to come back and you know be the head coach and play in that stadium even as limited as we were it was it was like a, a dream come true but the you know the strange part is the teachers that are there now I had a lot of them and so these kids try to like you know, in the past, they might be able to kind of pull wool over coaches' eyes. They don't really know what's going on in the building, and they know I don't work in the school. Mm -hmm. They figured out real quick they can't get away with lying to me because I still know all of these people. I, I do have a question um, that I don't know if you can answer. 
what is is there some sort of uh, you know if you want to call it a rivalry, but some dislike between uh, LeBlond and Saint Joe Christian? Here's why I ask um, because when they went back or went to eleven man, it didn't make sense to me why they co-opted with who they co-opted with, um, just because I know that uh, you know at LeBlond it's you know enrollment is difficult. Right. Well, I was that one just didn't make sense to me. I've asked a few people and they didn't really have a great answer. When I started helping with Coach Dudick, I'll I'll tell you the the idea was brought up and it was just kind of a we I don't know that we outright asked them and I don't know if they outright asked us hey will you co-op so what your your question makes a lot of sense I think if I was to guess I know our athletic directors both probably know a lot more than me but if I had to throw a guess out there I would say that be LeBlanc being an MEC school if we co-op we would have to stay in the MEC I don't know that a lot of people co-oping would choose to willingly enter that conference. If that makes sense. Well, That's kind of fair. Yeah, kind of. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm a Benton kid. Uh, you may remember those days of, you know, us kicking your ass in football. Um, we took a few lumps. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I – and I'm, I cover Maryville, uh, and I like those guys. Um, there's still that part of me that remembers that rivalry, um, and there's that part of me that, like, when they were winning, whatever, 60 games in a row at home, I'm like, well, that's awesome. But there's also that part of me that's like, the MEC is not near what it used to be. No, you're – it's I mean, it's down. I think a lot of kids cho are choosing not to play football anymore mm -hmm. um, you know you, and it's hard to compare anybody to like the Sundells of the past mm -hmm. uh, but, but I think I don't know I hope my vision for the future is though the MEC is a good opportunity for a lot of fairly close like local-ish teams you know Maryville's 40 minutes from here you know Chillicothe's an hour you got LeBlond, Benton, and Lafayette. I would love it because when I was in high school, we were independent. So we weren't in, in the MEC until a couple of years after I graduated. But we still played Benton and we played Maryville. But to get the opportunity to play kids that you're going to see in town, I, it would be, I think it would be super cool. And I don't think St. Joe Christian is really a, a rival, but I would like it to become one because we're so close. And It'd be, it's a cool experience for kids to play post-COVID in a packed house because there's no travel time. Like that's, that's a home game for both teams. I think that energy, just getting people all riled up, would be exciting. I think you can have a rivalry without having animosity. Like Obviously, Maryville just kind of used this as a punching bag a few times there. But I would call that a semi-rivalry in our eyes. But – as you know from talking to Coach Webb and seeing those kids play, it's, there's no hatred. They don't play with any sort of 
you know, there's no nothing dirty going on where they're trying to take shots. It's just good, clean football. Yeah, and it, it seems like that, you know, even Nate man a little bit. I mean, you'll see it with like, you know, the South Holt, Nottaway Holt, Mountain City. They don't they don't like each other. Uh, you know, but like when we were in school, like at least for us, you know, Platte County was someone we did not like. Um, but that, yeah. was, that was kind of universal as well, just because right. who they are. Um, you know, Lafayette was it was weird because Lafayette was terrible uh, when we played. Um, and then, you know, once we graduated, they became you know, maybe the best team in the city. So, but yeah, it'd be it'd be nice to get some of those rivalries back. Um, I agree. Yeah, it'd be like our. I was there. St. Pius was like. I mean, you had you had to bring your lunch pail to the St. Pius game because you knew it was going to get real, real rough. Yep, yep. It's weird, you know. You started thinking back to how long ago it was. It was. Just, it just makes me feel old. Yeah, because life. Yeah, but that was kind of the reason I asked you about the LeBlanc thing was, um, you know, I toyed with the idea of going into coaching. Uh, and, you know, Coach McDowell, Lafayette, he was uh, he was one of my coaches in high school. And even this year, um, or I guess this would have been maybe last winter, I had talked to him about going and helping him. And then all of this kind of happened, and I didn't want to, you know, risk uh, being around all those kids all the time and, all that and then it's kind of tough because I really enjoy what I do as well so it's it's balanced you know it's weighing out which one do I enjoy more um, right you want to be involved but in what in what facet yeah um, but the reason you know because if, if someone came to me right now and offered me the Benton job I wouldn't have think about it just because yeah, I yeah. still have that pride and um, as much as I loved going there that program has been a bit of a joke now for a decade, at least. I wonder what kind of kids walk the halls there that could really play a, a huge role that just choose not to play. Like, there's got to be some studs walking around that school. Yeah. And I think, well, I mean, I think their soccer team's really good. And that, that seems to be some issues, you know, some of these schools is like a lot of those really athletic kids choose soccer over football and stuff like that, which I don't Trust know. Trust me, I I'm not judging a kid for choosing whatever sport he wants, but it does suck right. for those schools. Um, and, you know, part of it was I was there a few summers ago, and what really turned it around for us when I was there was just the weight room and the money we wow. put into that. Um, and I don't know. If, that's why I wonder, you know, being an eight man, sometimes I see these weight rooms and I'm like, ooh. Um, but, you know, I saw a few summers ago that it wasn't, you know, when, when I was there, it was the football team had their time that everyone else was at. Uh, a few years ago, I saw, and it was like all the athletes all together working out, and they would do like 20 minutes in the weight room, then they spend 20 minutes in the gym or 20 minutes on the track. And it's like, you just, you can't win that away. Um, right. I've always believed that no matter um, maybe how much you lack in talent, if you're strong, if you're fast, you can kind of make up for that. And yeah, that's um, I agree, and that's that's a big thing Coach Dudek brought to the table for us was 
he expected kids to attack the weight room. It wasn't like something you have. You don't have to go lift. You get to go lift. You know, if you if you weigh 160 pounds, you're not as safe as you are playing football if you weigh as if you weigh 185 pounds. So the bigger and the faster and the stronger you can get, you just put yourself in a position to be better without any added skill. Like it's just get stronger and you're more, you know, you can withstand more force. It's really simple. We have, we have a really nice weight room. Um, a lot of our facility, obviously at a school our size is used by everybody, but um, I think our biggest struggle, you mentioned soccer dilutes the pool by 50%. You know, they won state, when my brother was a senior, whenever that was, four, four, three years ago now, I think. And then they made it to the semifinals this year. And, you know, our kicker slash punter it could only kick and punt because he played soccer also. And so the conflict of interest, he had to pick a primary. Obviously, it was soccer. I mean, that kid's probably six foot, 185 pounds. He had one carry on a fake punt this year for us for a 35-yard touchdown. I mean, he, he is a stud and would help us so much. But soccer's his thing. So it would be it would be nice if that got taken into consideration for the um, you know decision on who gets to play eight man and who gets bumped to eleven. Because there's not a whole lot of eight man teams with soccer. No. I mean, I mean that, you know, they have that issue, the same as the big schools, is just getting kids to do sports at all. You know, let alone yeah. if you have a class or, you know, a school of 50 kids, um, you you hope you can get 20 of them. Right. Football. Um, so really, yeah, they couldn't, I don't think they could handle another sport, to be honest. Right. Uh, you're exactly right. And the num- the numbers are definitely – dwindling for all sports but you know create creating a culture where you get good coaches sometimes it means younger guys maybe guys that can relate to students a little better um it can build numbers just based off of morale i think that was that was a big thing we tried to do early this year was just get excited and get kids bought into like hey this is going to be this is going to be the program that's going to be fun because we're going to do stuff right. We're going to start winning games. And they kind of weathered the storm the first few weeks through the, the brunt of our schedule. But, you know, towards the end, I had kids coming up to me in the hallway saying, you know, I think we're going to play football next year. So I look, I look to have our numbers go up a little bit every year. Hopefully I'm not just drinking my own Kool-Aid. So we'll see. You know, was coaching something you always wanted to do? Or is that something Not, later on? It, it was something I always wanted to do. It was like a so – I, I played at Avila, the NAIA school in Kansas City, and a mm-hmm. concussion ended my career very abruptly. Um, so I always felt like something – like a part of that was no closure. And so coaching really got on my radar, but – did not want to teach. Uh, teaching takes a very, very 
special type of human being. And that is not me. Yeah. You know, my normal day job is delivering beer off a 48 foot semi truck. So I, the patience required to be a teacher is enough to qualify people to be a saint in my opinion, but I really love football and I love the idea that things that I, you know, I can be a positive influence in kids' lives that they might not otherwise have. And so I feel like if you're, if a kid is better off after they met you than they were before, you've done a great job. And the fact that I'm fairly familiar with the game and, and know enough people that are very familiar with the game that can help me out. You know, it, I've taken the right stepping stones with the right people at the right times. And, you know, my wife has been nothing but supportive, even though it puts all of the burden on her. Um, the cards have fallen so far in a way that has lined me up for success. But yeah, I, I have always loved the idea of coaching and to get to do it at the high school I went to. It's, I mean, it's, it's pretty picture perfect. Uh, was it everything you thought it would be? Uh, you know, because for me, I've always kind of thought that coaching uh, would become a bit addicting, to be honest. Um, just the, the breaking down of film, uh, stuff like that. Um, was is that kind of what you fell into? Yes. And it, it is cool. Like, you and I are – I remember watching film on VHS. Mm. And you might watch it, you know, watch the whole game one time through and talk about – tendencies but now with with huddle and the digital age you watch every play in eight man eight times you watch every what every guy does you break everything down you know coach dudick will text me at midnight friday night after a game say watch clip number 78 and you know what the hell is this guy doing and then we see each other 7 a.m on saturday and same thing he's like here's a list of plays i thought what what are we doing what are we thinking? And then here's the list. I thought this, these were perfect plays. And so that part is, is super addicting. The only thing I wish is that more teams, and I know it's difficult because, you know, the schools and the, their budgets aren't the same as you know, a school like Benton or maybe even LeBlond or, you know, bigger schools anyways, um, is we had, you know, the giant camera that we put in the end zone, get the mm -hmm. all 22. That's the only thing I wish that eight man could do. Yeah, the end zone camera—they're uh, really that's a great view, unless you're an offensive lineman because you can't hide from that. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, you can. <laughs> it was always the uh, the eye in the sky don't lie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I still remember certain ones, and you knew going into film, you remembered the play, you knew which yep. one you screwed up on. And then you just sat in that seat and hoped that they wouldn't notice. Yeah, please don't touch on that particular play. I got kids now. It's funny. I'll get texts late because we stay and upload the film after games, and I'll watch it in the office before I come home, and then I'll watch it again, usually at home. And then we have Saturday film, and I'll have kids text me like 10 o'clock, and they'll say, hey, uh, what's what play number was it where I did – X, Y, Z, whatever it was. And so I'll just be sending clips out all night to kids. But it is, that's a fun aspect of, of it. And I'm lucky enough that LeBlanc's kind of taking steps in the right direction with the technology side of it. 
because uh, it, it is crucial, man. Like to go in blind to a game is now just seems silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is nice. Um, you know, the coach McGruder at Southwest uh, earlier this season, he added me to theirs. I think it lasted a few weeks or something like that. And I, I went crazy with it. Uh, watched as much as I could. And I'm like, man, all you think was I wish uh, they had this technology, you know, when we were there. Because like you said, you could watch it, uh, you know, Saturdays or whatever. Uh, maybe you'd watch your film. And then Mondays, you'd probably watch whoever you were playing. And that was exactly yep. God. I mean, you couldn't just make that many, you know, 40 copies every week of that film and hand them out. You know, and yep. now you can go, you know, like with theirs, I could watch every game. Or I yeah, can kids can't hide because yeah. the coaches can look see who's watched it. Because yeah. uh, one of our old defensive coordinator from the blonde that's no longer on the staff asked me if I'd leave him on huddle. And he said, man, I don't know anything about eight-man football, but, you know, it's fun to watch. And so it's funny. I'll compare his view time to everybody else. I'm like, man, so-and-so, you got – Half the viewing time is old Coach Uliger. He's not even. He's not even here. He's watched. He's watched an hour and a half. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to make it worse, you know, I'd watch it. And I'd take my phone. And I would video the play, and I'd be like, "So and so did this," and I call him out on Twitter too. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed they do with their coaches, and they got to deal with the guy just you know covering a man football that's called. It is a crazy time to be a coach, though, because that's the thing about eight-man especially is all these guys just kind of – they're very accessible and they're real people. You know, the the coaches of the old days are kind of – I don't know. It's not an eight-man quality to just be alone and shut in. Like They're all out there on Twitter and talking to each other. And I've had to text two or three or four different coaches questions and stuff. I – Somehow I only evaluated four out of the five officials for one of my games. And so I sent, uh, I think it was Coach Cavan, a message on Twitter. I was like, hey, who is the who, well, who are officials for a game? So you had to get back in there and look and send it to me. So it is nice that it's just a bunch of regular dudes that just love football and, you know, haven't ran into any assholes yet. So yeah. it's a lot. Of- Coach Cavan's great. Uh, I talked to him quite a bit. Uh Coach Williams at North Andrew, I uh, really like him. And that's, you know, I tell people all the time, that's what, it's made this job more difficult. Um, you know, because like for the forum we did, uh, the podcast last night, and he was like, well, who do you got winning Saturday? And I'm like, man, do I really have to pick? Right. You know, like I go, I, I went in journalism thing, I'd always be objective. Um, but it is always easier. Um when the team you're covering wins. But when right. you know every coach, then it's like, shit, I like both of them. <laughs> I'm right, like, like how way. do you like Dean Phillips? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a hard guy to root against. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's also that, like, I've, I'm originally from the South. Um, now, while I spent most of my life up here, I still have that rooting for the South schools to kind of catch up. Right. Forth. Um, so, you know, like last week, it was, re- I was really hoping more than anything that Drexel would be able to 
kind of prove that the South is catching up. Uh, unfortunately for them, every year, you know, like last year, they got Mountain City who uh, throttled everyone. But right. they're from the South. It's like, oh, well, the South just, they're not as good. And I'm like, maybe, but, you know, Mountain City beat everyone by 50. So I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's probably modest. Yeah. And then Southwest is probably talent talent wise the most talented team and so they ran into them and then that's you know they did what they could and uh once you find out you know because i always you know even get stuff from you know my little brother who's 21 and he's still he's still that old eight-man mindset like when you and i were younger it's like well if you have one really good player that's all you need and i'm like it's, it's just not that way anymore um you know right you know, watching Jacob Coffey in person, I was just blown away. Like, maybe the most – and as a sophomore, one of the most talented kids right. I've seen this year. Um, but, like, even with them, like, eventually that's not enough. And that's kind of what you saw in that game. And, I mean, it's good for eight-man that it's growing and that, you know, it's not that way anymore. And that, you know, just because you have the most talented guy doesn't mean you win. Yeah, I think it seems to me like – Remembering back, you know, I could be totally off base, but when we were in high school and shoot, that was, I graduated in 2008, but it seemed like eight man football was kind of like draw in the dirt. Let's go out there and just kind of have fun. And, you know, any question that gets asked, it's just, oh, it's just eight man. But now, like the, the coaching staffs that some of these schools have, you know, they're, they're doing, it is, real football mm -hmm. and they're just doing it with fewer numbers which makes it more impressive sometimes yeah you, you have two kids yeah uh, boys yep eight and well, he'll be four in january lucky son of a bitch so is the eight-year-old is he playing football yet uh he played flag so yeah, I, you know I didn't start playing tackle football until I was like in fifth grade. And so I don't know when the right time to do it is. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, I, I'm I worry about being a, too big of a meathead and like shoving him into something he doesn't want to do. But we'll see. He's, he's, he's pretty rough. The three-year-old's ready for tackle football, though. He, dude, that he's crazy. When he was barely crawling, he would rear back and headbutt the dog, headbutt walls. He's, as they say, he's full of, full of piss and vinegar. He's, he'll be somebody to watch here in the next 10 years. Yeah, see, I ended up with girls, and I don't mind it. I, I love having girls. The thing that kind of sucks is, like, my oldest, you know, she just turned four today, but she is just massive. I mean, not, like, overweight. She's just a big girl and I'm like if I had a son that's the kind of size I'd want yep <laughs> well, hey man Benton already led the way in having girls play football you never know I can't be having Evan Warner yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah she was just a kicker though ah uh, she could do she could have done more I think she's pretty mean yeah yeah I think she was bigger than her brother her brother is in my class and I'm afraid he might listen to this so I'm not gonna say anything negative about him <laughs> Uh, John, he's a good dude. We, he uh, is. He's a, luckily he's a big old teddy bear because I mean he's yeah. built like a pit bull. 
Yeah, yeah. He, uh, we, we had some fun in high school. Which is funny about LeBron. Um, <laughs> you know, because you know, outside you would think that, you know, private school kids are the ones that walk the straight line. <laughs> my recollection was that uh, you, you LeBron kids had the, you had the best parties. You know, my parents let my sister and I, my older sister was two years older than me, and uh, we shared a 12-passenger van. That just because I we're one we're I'm one of six kids, so that's just what fit us. And so I never I never was a, a drinker in high school or anything or party. I went to the parties in a twelve passenger van, so I became the very popular driver. Yeah, the Davis bus. So in our parties, you get busted. Be who's with you? And the first twelve hands that got raised got a ride home. See, maybe maybe that's why I can't be a football coach. All of you, or you're just lying to me. Everyone is like, I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong in high school, and I'm like, hmm. you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm gonna I show. I'm, I know that they won't be able to hear this on the audio, but I'm gonna show you something. <laughs> just wait for this. Oh yeah, here it is. Here, hold on. Not great lighting, but. Uh, you know what, that, for those that's, that, I'm telling you, that's start, legit too. He's showing me his drug-free superstar poster. Yep. Which that's I had right. a friend also get one of those who ended up with an MIP, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I got lucky because I was never very, very, uh, I was never the most talented at sports, so I had to really try hard, and I was always afraid that. If I, you know, drank or did any sort of illegal activity, it would just set me up for further failure because I was about five, six, 135 pounds. Well, you know, it's not like I was going out every night and buying 30 packs. But, you know, it, it seemed like after uh, a win or a loss, either you were having a few beers to celebrate or to uh, uh, make up for the loss. Um, yeah, had a few to, to yeah, soak about it. Yeah, one that really sticks out of my mind, and I'd like your opinion as a football coach, um, because I don't trust kickers uh, at basically any level. So we were playing Platte County, um, and this is you know, weird talking to an eight-man guy, but you also play a man, so you might understand. It was fourteen to seven. Uh, we drove down the field, scored a touchdown with like 30 seconds left. And we're like, hey, let's go for two. Um, and he didn't. And the kicker missed. Oh. So we lost to Platte County 14 to 13. Oh, no. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I had a few beers after that one. I, I believe it. You deserved it. <laughs> yeah, this year we kicked a 30. 30- it was a 38-yard field goal. I said, we're going to kick it. And the ref said, you're going to what? Yeah. So we're, we're going to kick it. He looked over. He looked at our snapper, and he goes, is this for real? <laughs> yeah, we're going to kick a field goal. Luckily, he made it. But even the other team said, we don't, we've never practiced how to block a field goal. Like, we, we don't even know what this is. Uh, Drew Clinton and the South Holden Ottawa hold. He kicks. There's only other team. I think Drexel. 
Russell might take Joe Wills too. But I think you may be the only three. Yeah. That Quinley kid's got kind of a boot, though. I think he made a pretty long one in our last game, didn't he? Uh, against King City. Yeah, I think it was 35 yards. So That's not bad. He does a little bit of everything, though. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I, I can't praise that kid enough. Uh, he's kind of one of the – I've kind of watched him because I've been doing this for three years. And with them, that's kind of where I started uh, because yeah. I – not away county school so it's kind of like i've watched him you know grow up in high school and uh everyone talks about how good he is on the field but he's one of those kids that you know he matches it with his the kind of person he is too so that's that's more important yep yep, yep. wow i i've never uh, i've never hugged a kid but after they lost he came up <laughs> he hugged me and i'm like oh, okay I'll, I'll let this one slide yeah. All right, buddy. You earned it. Yeah. So, uh, how? What's life like now that uh, uh, football season's over? Well, how I actually coached the. There? I coached the freshman basketball team. So. Yeah. So it's, I'm the assistant for JV and varsity, so I'm on the bench for those, and I'm, the head freshman coach. So it's a definite change of pace. Going from kind of in the spotlight mm-hmm. to then being on the on the back burner, which is nice. It's way more relaxed. But it's kind of cool because – so basketball has their hand in football with me, and then the head basketball coach is also the golf coach. And then I have the baseball coach on my staff, and then the baseball coach – has an assistant who helps with football also. So baseball, basketball, and football all have like intermingled coaching staffs. So at this time of year, I think what's important for the football program is that I don't scare kids away with being too crazy for freshman basketball. But like uh how does the wife feel about you that? know my friend my first year as, a, as the freshman basketball coach, we had a kid that was pretty big, played basketball, and he did not play football. So I was like, what the hell are you doing, man? You got you have to come out and play football. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, I don't know. You know. I've never played before. It was kind of hesitant. And he was hands down the last two years our best lineman, like far and away. And so, the, you know, the athletic director – having faith in us enough to like go ahead and coach multiple sports here mm-hmm. has kind of created like a, we, we want to push every other sport on kids. Like don't focus on just one mm-hmm. and it's starting to pay off. How do your wife feel about you going from football right into coaching another sport? Well, I had, I had Saturday and Sunday off. So <laughs> <laughs> no, she's, it was hard when she was pregnant with our youngest, and it was hard when he was really little because, you know, my alarm goes off at 3.45 in the morning, and I'm at work, I'm at work by 4.30. And so we just push as hard as we can, get done at about 1, 1 o'clock, 1.30. And I come home, get changed, and go straight to LeBlanc. So it is from 4 o'clock in the morning until about – 
six at night unless we have a game. I'm not here. So I got really lucky because I, when I married her, she did not know that coaching was in the cards. Like I started coaching after we were married. So she didn't know really what she signed up for, but she is a, is a trooper. And uh, I, I owe all of this to her because if she, if she put that hammer down, I'd, I'd have to quit tomorrow, you know? That's sitting here, huh? isn't it? Is that Do what? I hear you. Jose, I get you. I got you. She's, yeah. around. She's around, so I got you. <laughs> she, might, I don't know, she might be. I'm kind of I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, so did you uh, happen to listen to this before, in the previous ones? Yes, I've listened to a couple. but uh, So I'm going to hit you with the uh, – my uh, pick six, and so I'll let you get back to enjoying the rest of your Thanksgiving. Um, so it works just first thing that comes to your head. Do you recall the final score against Benton in 2006? Oh, my God. I think- do, do I recall the score? <laughs> no. Do I recall being happy with it? Also, No. <laughs> Here's what you'll be surprised to find out, though. I thought it was worse than it was. 28 to 14. Is that all? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right. I'll, I'm happy with that. That's as far back as uh, Max Preps goes. That's <laughs> 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 how old we're getting. Yeah. And it figures you'd go look that one up. Worse. Maybe your four is worse. Um, yeah. Now, you mentioned, uh, you know, your full-time job. What is your favorite beer? I would say Casey Beer makes a beer called Dunkle, and it it is far and away my favorite. But you got to be careful because it got some calories in it. I mean, you get too fat now. <laughs> save I save those for days I ride my bike. I feel like I earned it. Uh, you have kids. What is your uh, least favorite show that they watch? Easily. Without question, no comparison, the worst show ever created is Peppa Pig. Yes. Yeah, it is truly awful. And she's so mean to everybody. Yeah. There's an episode where she's trying to learn how to whistle. Have you seen that one? I don't think so. Her her little friend calls and says that she learned how to whistle. And then her friend is all excited and whistles into the phone. But Peppa hasn't learned yet. And she gets all mad and just hangs up on her hmm. like what a bad example for kids it's it's terrible <laughs> don't like it you have a show that you do enjoy a kid show yeah that's not terrible yes uh probably my favorite kid show right now is story bots mm, super i haven't seen super that. educational What's funny is, and this is me being a terrible parent, is I have mine watching. Have you, uh, do you ever watch Rick and Morty? I've not watched Rick and Morty. It is, it is, I think it's hilarious. It is also highly inappropriate for children. But uh, my kid, my boys like like uh, Bob's Burgers. Mm, Some of that humor goes over their head, and I'm just waiting. Uh, we're gonna be in trouble here real soon, but. He also doesn't mind South Park. 
<laughs> it was hilarious because, like, right now, um, for like a year, it was Paw Patrol was her favorite, which is fine. Yeah, yeah we like that. One. I don't mind that one. Um, but now it's Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, which is truly awful. Like, just so, so. yeah, when my eight year old was like four or five, there's some song in there about like hot dog. Yeah. Their hot dog song. The one they do at the and, end. Yeah. Hot dog. Yeah. Hot so we, hot diggity dog. Yeah. 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 That one. So we told him every time he wanted to watch that show, he had to sing that song and do the dance to it before we let him watch it. And that happened one time and they never watched it again. So that's probably terrible parenting too. Shaming him into not <laughs> watching a show he likes, but guys, hard to watch. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the funny thing was, so she's obsessed with Mickey Mouse. And uh, so South Park had this hour-long episode special. It was like a pandemic special. And like, previously, they had thrown Mickey Mouse in there, but shown like him as a bad guy. And so she had been watching that, and I'm like, oh, that's on tonight. <laughs> and we had that on there. It was, it's Truly terrible, and uh, it's it's no wonder my child at times will use words she shouldn't. I oh yeah, myself. I can only blame myself. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I uh, my wife blames me. I'm not so sure. I think you know maybe Peppa Pig taught him what the word douchebag was. <laughs> so one night I had I said something to her. Told her to do something. She turned, looked at me, and she's like, Jesus Christ, you can't talk to me like that. <laughs> okay, whoa, whoa, lady. <laughs> so it definitely was me. <laughs> I think uh, the one that she's caught on to is damn, because I will say yeah. that a lot. And so now everything's, there's a damn before every noun. Yep. It's crazy how fast they pick stuff up. They, they won't talk when you want them to. Mm-hmm. Also, floodgates open. It's just they repeat everything. Um, you are a man uh, lacking in hair. Are you uh, pro hair or no hair look? Like, if you had a choice, for myself, no hair. If I it, like, my hair will start to grow out a little bit. It doesn't grow in like so much here or here mm -hmm. or like that. I look like Julius Caesar when it grows out, and so I just shave it. But <laughs> Like, my wife will give me a hug, and her hand will travel to the back of my head intentionally, and she'll say, you need to shave your head. This is, you got, that's too much. You got a problem. But I, I can't appreciate a guy with a full head of hair. It's, you know, it's, it is a good look. It's just something I can't pull off. See, I can't, uh, I can't do either. Like, my hair is really getting thin, kind of like yours, like right in here. And, yeah. Uh, but then my head is a weird shape. Uh that I just couldn't pull off the bald look either. So I go with the hat look. I, I wear a hat every single day. And for the viewers or listeners at home, I did ask you earlier, is this going to be aired with video? Just to make sure, because I, I would not be blinding anybody else. Just you. No, no. You pull it off. So uh, no. you try to that's a good. That's a, that's a high compliment for a bald guy. <laughs> Um, apparently I should have, I should have put that one in there. Uh, <laughs> who pulls off the bald look the best? That would have been a good one. Not Drexel's coach. 
<laughs> uh, he's probably changed his look again. I, I can't keep track anymore. He's a man of many looks. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you had to fight Coach Dudick, would you win? Coach Dudick's the type of guy that would do, w- he would refuse to lose. Mm-hmm. He is like the nicest, sweetest teddy bear in the world. But I have a feeling if he got pushed in the wrong direction, he would just go ape shit. So I'm going to say no. Don't want to see that. He just seems like the guy that even in his older age, like he still has anything that he could take you out if he wanted to. Yeah, and his last year as head coach, he told kids all season, he said uh, – because he would say things like, don't you want to get your name in the paper? Like, make plays get your name in the paper. When the kids are like, it, like the newspaper's not really as imp- like popular as it was back then. It's more like Twitter now. And he said, oh, bullshit. You know, my senior year, I threw, the, I threw a touchdown to put us ahead, and then I got the game-saving interception on defense, and then I kissed a girl – at the 50-yard line after the game, they put it in the paper. And all the kids are like, yeah, yeah, bullshit. He brought a laminated newspaper clipping from 19 – whenever that was. And sure enough, they said t- that Tony threw a touchdown, then got an interception on defense, and got a kiss from a girl at the 50-yard line after the game. So he is, is a multi-generational stud. And right, finally, uh, you have North Andrew or Southwest winning Saturday. Man, it's like picking who's your favorite child. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. I think that <sighs> it might depend on the weather. If it is cold or precipitating, as it has been, I think North Andrew pulls it out. I think if the weather is is nice enough to throw the football a little bit, I think Southwest got a nice enough mixture where they might be able to squeak one out. But, you know, having played North Andrew and having them in our district and seeing what they got, it's hard to root against them. So I'm going to say North Andrew in a close one. I thought you were gonna, really going to ride the fence there and not really pick one, but okay. You, hey, you know what? You asked. That's the pick six. I got controversial takes here. Hopefully, uh, Magruder skips this week listening to you. Because with our luck, we'll have to play them next year, and he'll be like, oh, he picked against us, huh? Yeah, yeah. Luckily, next year, though, they'll be down a little bit. So, well, we'll see. I, I thought that this year, too, but I know they'll never be down. Well, Coach, I appreciate you doing this, and uh, let's talk again soon. All right, man, absolutely. Thank you.